0: Party. It's not a party; it's an intimate get together. Candice party, Candice party. Don't call it that; it's just a get together. Candice party. Welcome to Candace party. It's not a podcast; it's an intimate get together. Um, it it's a it's yeah, we're getting better.
1: No, we're not.
0: Every day in that every was way, awful. Do it, it again. was bu- okay. Um, okay, I'll do it again. Hang on, let me try it. I'll try a voice. Okay.
1: <clears throat> Welcome no. to Candice. No, too much. Too
0: okay. Okay. Um. Welcome to Kay and this party. It's not a podcast. It's an intimate get-together. Too much? I
1: kind
0: of like Okay, Really? Yeah. Ooh, maybe a spicy cowboy will introduce the rest of my episodes. He's,
1: just, he's like a, just very, it. I he's know, a very... I didn't know he was this quote-unquote spicy he's cowboy. He's a very
0: common-sense cowboy. Is that How, what, he is, kinda, what is that? He wanders... Up, close your eyes. Picture this. Know, if you're driving, if you're listening to this while you drive, don't close your eyes. The cowboy saunters up, he puts one leg up on a barrel, and he, he's trying to sort of pitch you the podcast, and he goes, Candace Party. It's not a podcast. It's an intimate get-together. And you're sort of like, oh, that is a good idea, cowboy. And then he tries to sell you some of that New York City salsa, and you won't have it.
2: Okay. All right. So. Cool.
0: It's just a good idea, Candace Party. You ever been to a Candace Party?
2: All right.
1: Okay.
0: It's not a bud gift. I'm get this
2: is an intimate get-together where we uh, re-watch Phineas and Ferb.
0: You edit one second of my cowboy shtick out, and I swear to God, Molly, <laughs> there'll be there'll be heck to pay mm. on this podcast.
2: You already swore to God, but I couldn't say Jesus Christ.
0: I wasn't
1: swear. I was literally making a I bow. I don't understand why you can't just say it <laughs> like a real man.
0: Because <laughs> now Molly's going to put in the ducky I moment. noise. <laughs> It's a Phineas and Ferb rewatch podcast. Uh, We three, adult siblings, have have set out to use science and a little bit of black magic, just a little bit. Science and a little bit of black magic to prove that Phineas and Ferb is not only the greatest television program ever created, but that it is for people of all ages, young, old, uh, 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 if you're a spinster who lives with your sister and both of you work at the public school, but one of you is the nurse and one of you is the librarian, whatever you may be
2: that was so specific.
0: Whatever you may be, this podcast and Phineas and Ferb are for you, friends. And we do this, we do this A with a scientifically created bracket through which we will use some sort of number and math and or sports equation to determine not only the best episode of Phineas and Ferb, but the greatest quotes of Phineas and Ferb, the best musical numbers, etc., etc. And In order to prove that Phineas and Ferb is for everyone, we will ask one very mature, very adult question about Phineas and Ferb. And this week, we are going to ask uh, a very deep philosophical question about Phineas and Ferb. Now... Everyone in the world, of course, you know, you know, the things you don't discuss at dinner, of course, are politics and religion. And so with that very sensitive topic in mind, regardless of real world theology and all of our own personal faith and or lack of faith, do we think that in the universe of Phineas and Ferb, there is a God and in the fictional world of Phineas and Ferb, which God do we think it is? Because I personally, I'm just letting you know up top, I'm pretty sure the Greek pantheon has to be real in the universe of Phineas and Ferb. I feel like Zeus and Hera are real and are canon in the world of Phineas and Ferb. Why? (laughs) Well, I'm so glad you asked. Simply because we see... Okay, so Phineas and Ferb, of course, met the Marvel Comics characters, right? And that would make you go like, oh, well, obviously the the Norse gods are real because Thor showed up, but you would be a fool. Because (laughs) Because, uh, in Marvel Comics, and more specifically in the film version of Thor, they might not actually be literal gods. They're just very powerful beings that humans have mistaken for gods for centuries. There's that moment in the first Thor movie where Natalie Portman is like... It's magic. And Thor goes, it's just very complicated science that appears like magic to you Earth people. And then Doctor Strange comes along and is like, nah, it's it's magic, man. Anyway, the point is, so those might not necessarily be actual gods. But in the Marvel Comics continuity, which they reference uh, multiple times throughout that particular uh, episode with the Marvel characters... In that continuity, Hercules is a real man who is also a jerk, and people meet him and he's not nice, and people don't like Hercules, and there's a, he's, he's a mean man, but he exists. And so Hercules exists, therefore the Greek pantheon and or the Roman pantheon, because Hercules is called Heracles in Greek tradition, but in the Disney version of that same tradition, he's just Hercules because it's easier to remember than Heracles. Long story short, either the Greek or the Roman pantheon must exist in the world of Phineas and Ferb. Uh, I yield my tie.
1: I have, I don't have any... You don't I have don't, any beliefs I, in no, the Phineas and well, Ferb well, now world? you've just kind of I've really answered tr- your own question no, again.
0: No, because here's <laughs> the thing, is you're allowed to disagree, and you come in, and you sort of, we do a point-counterpoint.
1: I was gonna go with no.
0: You don't think there's a god in the Phineas and Ferb <laughs> <world>. You think... <laughs> you
1: I think, think they are the gods, Danny.
0: <laughs> Phineas and Ferb are the gods of their universe.
1: Well, I mean... Do you, are you asking if are you asking if religion exists in there, no, or which one do you think is the truth?
0: Obviously, religion exists because we know that Isabella uh, celebrates a Hanukkah while they celebrate Christmas. Yeah. So religion exists in the Phineas and Ferb world.
2: Well, not what- that you have to be religious no. to celebrate
0: Christmas. Or Hanukkah. No, but I'm oh. just saying that uh, it seems pretty clear that there is some kind of religion mm-hmm. in the Phineas and Ferb world. What I'm asking is, which do we think is the canon, like, within the universe okay. of Phineas and Ferb is real? Then like, none. None. You don't think there's a god? Because, uh, <laughs> you don't think there's a god it's in a, the Phineas it's and Ferb? It's a firm? godless
1: world. Are you gonna t- <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. god would allow this? I think that, you know, I, th- I don't think they... We don't. Other than what you said in your your thing before your mm-hmm. your, your little filibuster, Phineas and, and filibuster. I don't think that we see anything that shows that there is, or is not a god, right? The Phineas and Ferb realm, right? Because they explain all the things that like their protection from danger in Milo Murphy's Law, don't they? Yeah, that they yeah. have
0: positive probability ions, right? Which so I think that bodies. that is.
1: I think the show is very based on science, and I don't think... You think that... it's a cold... I think it's a cold atheist <laughs> world that they live in, right. and I don't think that they need a god. I think God might need them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Ryan with the hot take. Um, I don't know what I think. Yeah. Um, I could see, you know, on the one hand... They do explain a lot with science, so I'm kind of with Ryan on that one. But at the same time, everything does happen in such a very specific way. Like, I don't know. I'm a little...
0: Candace does pray to the mysterious force to bring her brothers back in, she does. in the second dimension. Yeah, like, it feels like there.
2: there has to be something else at play. And it's like, what really is a god, you know? Like, now, if the... we think about these probability ions... I think they are them. Yeah, like it seems like that's very religiousy. Kind, not even religiousy. It's just it kind of begs the question of what is a god? Is it a, a conscious being or is it these forces? You know, I don't know.
0: We're getting very theological today. Right. Well,
2: you asked you a theological the who... No, I based like how much question. work you
0: guys are putting into the answer. I just appreciate you, you really putting in. Cuz if you're going off of no, 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 no. Thor... but he thinks he's right. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. I don't because there's no, no indication I think that you're all a of Marvel... little sp- <laughs> I think there's no indication that all of Marvel comics is canon. Uh just because they met Thor and Iron Man, that can't always be the case. You know, just because there's that one got milk commercial Doesn't mean in the universe of that Got Milk commercial with the Marvel superheroes that all of them exist. So there's no indication that Hercules is even a character in this world. I was just uh, assuming based on that that there must be some sort of mythical group of gods. But, you know, that could be wrong. Look, the only cartoon I've ever really seen where there is a definitive, hey, God is here, is in Chowder, where sometimes they will cut to the clouds and there'll be that mustache man licking a lollipop. And that's that's God. And he'll get angry and he'll point. is an like...
1: Atlas holding up the world in there?
0: Yes. So there's <laughs> at least two in the world of Chowder.
2: In Rick and Morty, we recently found a god, but he's apparently not the god.
0: Yeah, but um, I was trying to shoot for more like children, because like you know, like I'm sure South Park has Jesus. I'm just or whatever, saying,
2: or, I just thought of that. Um, Family Guy has like going God. Going off of, of the thought, th- so does Thor- American Dad. I believe. Okay, yeah. so a
0: lot of cartoons have God, but they're all for adults, and we were explicitly for
2: Veggie Tales. That's for kids.
0: Okay, well Veggie Tales is very much working on the assumption that there's a God. <laughs> it's very important to their brand. Um, How? Do you imagine if the next Veg? <laughs> well, as a child, I, I didn't know. clock that it was religious, so <laughs> I'm the wrong kid to ask. When I was a kid and I saw VeggieTales, I was like, "This is a fun show with a lot of vegetables," <laughs> and they seem very fixated on doing old-timey stories. That's interesting. I don't know why they're always talking about <laughs> the desert and Egypt and and this you guy, just Abraham. didn't clock
2: the end part where it was like, "We know your God's God's you are special and God is for much.
0: everyone." No, I did not clock the many direct references I don't to think God.
2: I
1: paid attention to that. I, play, I think I lost. I didn't like there. when
0: they were on the kitchen counter. I guess I tuned out that part and waited for the story.
1: Why was like the computer their Bible or something? Qwerty.
2: Oh, what you you don't know? Bible dot com. I don't know. Um,
1: Bible dot com. No,
2: but going off the Thor concept, it could be that in this world they believe there is a god, but the aliens that are clearly interacting with the universe mm. could, you know, be mistaken for gods. Um, again, with the forces, you know, if I'm living in this universe where things are kind of disappearing and I'm never seeing the other end of that or going over to Milo Murphy where all of these th- insane things are happening. I would probably start to think that something larger was at play.
0: Sure. I mean, hmm. you bring do up an you, interesting point. Do you point. think that the,
1: that, that woman with her husband, the one that's always the, yeah. The one, what do the, you the the think? The new battery just yeah. going to fall out of the do sky. Do you think she believes that there is a God?
2: I don't know if there's a religion for that Of just getting what you want Falling out of the sky Are are any of them that literal? I I
0: think think? she I think she believes there's a Satan There's a devil figure I don't know Perhaps she believes she's cursed By sort of a witch doctor thing Mm -hmm. But uh, please don't. I don't know what we were talking about anymore, but I'm sure there's maybe a God. I don't know. There is no God.
2: I'll have to honestly just throughout watching, look for any. Uh, keep out an, eye for, keep that an Jesus. eye for that. What
0: if Jesus is in the background of one scene of Phineas and Ferb and he's just like playing cards with someone, and you're like, there he is. And he's like got a halo and <laughs> the holes in his hands and everything. And then he he turns the screen and he says, that's right, Molly. God made <laughs> you v- special and he loves you very much.
2: That'd be a little.
0: And then it fades out with mm-hmm. the exact Veggie Tales music.
2: Uh, I don't know why you saying that just made me hear in the sultan's voice. Allah forbid you should have any daughters.
0: That's another cartoon where we have a pretty good idea that there's some sort of god, is Aladdin. Also at
2: the same time,
1: magic. Yes. And is I, the genie a god? Well, I think that... Unlimited the, in cosmic power. Well, that's a
0: good question. In all Disney fairy tales, it, it, does the magic come from god or does it disprove god? <laughs> does the magic <laughs> come to indicate that is... is You know, if you're watching, like, Rapunzel and you're religious, you're like, well, obviously God made that flower... That turned her hair all yellow, or are you just like this is Satan? St- this is black magic. That flower is a I, curse. and My personal and I'm glad she cut belief her hair
2: off. would be that magic would have to come from God, right? But, but. but
1: is this God <laughs> but just is the it,
0: magic? Is it the Christian God?
2: How do, what's the
1: difference between God and magic?
0: Let's be real here. It depends on who's telling the story, now, doesn't it?
1: Because you know,
2: yeah, like I feel like a miracle is magic to some degree, but not like you know a magician kind like, of magic. Yeah, like why are yeah. all of like.
1: The Christians burning witches when like, the God the, could have made witches. The, God, well that, for that. That's my but theory, also really. Your theory Was is it that God was just a, a really big no, witch?
2: No, my theory <laughs> is <laughs> that... God is, the,
0: God is the biggest witch. Yeah. Let me tell you right now. Hocus Pocus 2, they meet God.
2: My my <laughs> theory would be that if witches are here, that God made witches and they were supposed to have these powers. That would be my theory.
0: That would be your theory if witches were real. Is that canon in Charmed, maybe? Is that why you believe no,
2: that? No, no, it's not. The that's CW just...
0: show Charmed? Formerly of the WB.
2: No, that's just my personal theory. Episode 5. Yeah. We have Raging Bully and Light's Candace Action.
0: This is an interesting pair of episodes because the first one
1: is a lot is so packed fast. into that episode. But then in the second one, very Nothing. uneventful. Yeah. In they our opinion. They run out of steam pretty quick that Yeah, that second one. It's, not, it's not eventful.
0: Um, is I mean, look, I've had some, some relatively negative thoughts about some of these early Phineas and Ferbs.
1: Like go, go Phineas. Fast and the Phineas, whatever
0: it's called. It's not
2: a bad episode. Whatever the quack it is called.
0: (laughs) None of these are bad. No, they set a high bar for themselves. Phineas and Ferb is at such a high standard. Six episodes in is at such a high standard, I would like to point out. Can they give us that mm, never mind. the lackluster the lackluster episodes are only lackluster because they made the other one's good I mean if yes, these were cartoon segments on I don't know like fish hooks or something we wouldn't clock that faster the Phineas was any I mean we would clock that they were suddenly not fish and one of them was <laughs> shaped like a triangle but you get what I'm saying if those were with like the characters from fish Maybe hooks either. we wouldn't be like oh my gosh this is such yeah, a different like episode a, of fish a hooks. lower
2: episode of Phineas and Ferb on the the rating yes. scale is right. still better than I, any other Show. i've used
0: this phrase already for sure but you know the the worst day fishing is better than the best day working
1: and, and that's true of phineas i and Fur, don't
2: think you you've have me never said that, well, that to
1: anyone before did you come up with that or is that no like that's phrase? an old-timey phrase oh danny's saying something old-timey i never oh
2: big 23 so
1: my first note here is my jazz trio has a gig at the squat and stitch I, that's
2: also my first note.
1: <laughs> because what
2: <laughs> well <laughs> a- squat and stitch
0: I wish our <laughs> real world, maybe there is a god in the Phineas and Ferb universe because because he created that because masterpiece. it is so pleasant and lovely the idea that there's a store at the mall where you just go to sit and sew with each other you don't have to buy anything it's not like
2: that feels like an event that they might have at the mall like what yeah. is the,
1: it's so they peaceful have a and calm. They ha- they're a
0: little jazz, jazz stage, performing, yeah. yeah. At the Squat and Stitch.
2: So that's mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know. Linda and the moms have a little jazz trio, and that's uh, they're performing. That's who we're talking it's about. It's with
0: Miss Johnson and Mrs. Garcia Shapiro. Mm-hmm. Yes,
2: although we still don't know that this is Miss Johnson.
0: No, it's just the same character model that they later used for Jeremy's mom. Yeah, okay.
2: It's Hawkeye um, Johnson. <laughs> my first note is Forgotten that in about. this one, it is a Mr. Slushy dog. Yes. And we do have the little... Hot the dog hats. hats. Yeah. Um That Jeremy's working at at the mall.
0: Weenie hot junior.
1: <laughs> Weener hats. Weener hats. Weener hats. <laughs> Weener
0: hats. We should mix that in
1: stereo too.
2: Um.
0: I'm starting to like the Dolby Digital mix that we're pitching me. for this show. Get off me. We should play the THX that really loud
2: um, borr- at the beginning
0: of every episode.
2: <laughs> you did that, but Ryan did the charm noise. Um, I did a cat. Son.
0: Oh no, there's a cat in here.
2: I liked this jazz. reference to freeform jazz um, yeah. that we will hear later.
0: Originally, ABC Family jazz. <laughs> Thank you will be here all week. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> um,
2: I just had never heard of freeform jazz personally outside of Phineas and Ferb. So I
0: said no funky rhythms.
2: Yeah, like. Do you that's think that's why that. Phineas
0: is trying to play freeform jazz so he can be like his mother?
2: Oh, maybe it runs in the family. Little brother.
1: Um, the next thing I have is that the slide waxing guy for Perry the Platypus' slide down to the lair is... He currently has jury duty, yeah. which is not a joke for children. What? I, jury duty? I feel like they... I, well, oh, do you not remember Jim Carrey's the, yeah, the Greatest? I know. I was going to say that, duty? but I think that is another movie what? that is for kids and adults as sure, well. Sure. I don't remember... I don't think You're I knew gonna what You're going to tell me was. that that scene where the Grinch goes uh, crazy in the town square and shaves off the mayor's head that he doesn't say some things that are a little above children's heads, Daniel? You're going to tell you're going to look at me and you're going to tell me that I'm wrong.
2: I would like to say a regards to that joke. I knew what Jerry duty was, but I did not know what a pink slip was and I was confused. Um
1: this is something about a pink slip. Yeah, it's like,
2: jury, jury duty. Oh. Jerry duty blackmail pink slip. Eviction.
0: I think he gives someone an eviction notice. <laughs> That's horrible. The Grinch is a bad man. The Grinch is a landlord. He's Hot canceled. I take, um, take the Grinch. He's a mean one. Putting that out there, I wouldn't touch him with a 39 and a half foot boat.
2: I would just like to say in regards to your comment about the slide that haven't we all had that moment when we're going down a slide and then you get stuck part of the way through and you shamefully have to like scoot yourself (laughs) down it. In that (laughs) way, that is the most joke for a child because what is more relatable truly? People, and embarrassing.
0: Yes. Not since Recess has someone so perfectly tapped into a relatable childhood experience. Recess is a show that is somehow permanently full of relatable <laughs> childhood experiences. Even though you know the people making it had to be in their 30s and were children therefore like 40 years before we ever were. Yeah,
2: which is crazy because they remember things that I truly don't.
0: And they just tap into those primal little moments of childhood. And, and this is a good little childhood moment of having to scoot yourself down the slide because you got stuck <laughs> as we all were once did
2: um we again we hear carl but we still don't see carl no we don't hear him we we'll he just i mean sir, we hear to carl like we i meant we heard the name carl not that we you want to
0: try her. one last time because yeah. hear to carl A hear two for unheard
2: of carl we hear carl's name but we still don't see carl there
0: she is mrs america <laughs>
2: um yeah. So we see, we actually meet Baljeet for the first time in this one. We've seen him, but we haven't met him in any of the other ones. And his voice is so much deeper yes. and, than it is. And that made me wonder, Ryan, would you still not date Baljeet if he yeah. had this voice? Because
1: I have some foresight to the situation and I know it just, it just, <laughs> his voice just hikes it right up there. Yes. So no, I still will not. Ever be in a relationship with Valgie. Yeah. Any, any rumors that you have heard are in fact false. Um, I never proposed; that was Photoshop. <laughs> was Please stop fake. tweeting me.
0: It was a deep fake. <laughs> it's a deep fake. No, I listen. Would any of us date Baljeet? No, because he talks like Baljeet does himself. <laughs> so because
1: he's a child.
0: He is also, well, he's <laughs> we a child.
2: We were talking about future Baljeet. Oh, they, no, that, record,
0: that lanky... Um, <coughs> but yeah, no, <coughs> but I would date Malik Pancholi, the voice of Baljeet, because no, he's, a, I mean, yeah. he's a fine-looking man. When you see him on 30 Rock, are you kidding me? Ooh, Baljeet um Could you imagine if you went on a date with Malik pancioli and at the end of the night, for two seconds, he did the belgique voice, and he was just like,
1: "Have a good night," and you were like, "See," but at that point, if I'm if it's the actor, then the actor. He,
0: <laughs> That's a very subtle Back to the Future reference.
1: If it, if it's his voice actor, then if I was going on a date with him, I I would want him. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no just be i'd just be like do, do the voice like you know like oh you'd, you'd ask him to do it yeah yeah i'd be like can can you do the Baljeet voice when you order Do the roar and he i and he would and i'd be like that's crazy
0: Minza martella is a is a good-looking young man who's older than all of us but he's still young but the point is uh, if he was going to go on a date with you and he did the Phineas voice the whole time, I don't think anyone would go out with Vincent Martella <laughs> because you'd just, you know, he'd be you like, know. I would like some fries. And you'd be like, ugh. He's <laughs> suddenly so triangular. <laughs> At any rate, this episode, uh, Raging Bully. Yeah. We love a jazz trio. We love that um, uh, uh, Phineas um, and Evander Holyfield – First of all, real quick, it would be creepy if Evander Holyfield was wandering around a mall talking to children.
2: Why is he holding a rake? I need to know why he's holding a rake.
0: Are we supposed to believe that Evander Holyfield is like the janitor at this mall? Like he's the groundskeeper? I think he was
2: probably buying a rake is more likely, but why? And why do we not draw any attention to it?
1: Yeah, it's just there. He's just
2: holding a rake. I
1: do. Is Ryan- this some
2: reference to Evander Holyfield that I don't know? Because I only know who he is from Phineas and Ferb. So
1: <laughs> the, my note on him is just Evander Holyfield is here. Who is this for?
2: Yeah. Oh, for adults. Uh, yeah.
0: So for anyone old enough to remember I when Mike Tyson have, bit I off I his ear. Also have
1: that. Yes, his ear is animated. As though it was bitten off by Meg Tyson, and I Which think that's I, an important is, detail. I really love is that. Is he
2: playing himself? Like, is that really him? Yeah. No, I was just wondering. Disney It Channel seems does. crazy to get that right out the gate, but then yeah. also, like, what is he doing right now?
1: I rink. guess.
0: I well, guess so. clearly he's got some lawn care to get done.
2: Um, before we see Evander Holyfield, though, we see bent nose Phineas again, and I mm. don't know why this keeps happening, and I do not like it.
0: Buford gets so close to Phineas that their noses are pressing against each other, and I don't like seeing Buford's nose wrinkle up either. Like something about Buford's face, like his nose, I almost can't picture it. Like somehow, when I picture Buford's face, his nose is not an important detail, and because of that. Um, I just kind of like, it's, it's kind of nasty to see his little bubble of a nose just go like,
2: um, I thought it was funny that I didn't notice slushy dog was spelled D-A-W-G Yeah, and I, I enjoy that. As
0: in, it's a no from me, slushy dog.
2: Yep. Yeah. Uh, do we think that's Irving who's in the toilet? Um, when, it looked with like the his bully lower thing? Half.
1: No. But it does not have his voice at
2: all. Well, I thought his voice might be distorted by the toilet. I said no! <laughs> okay. You asked my opinion! I don't think
1: it's him, but I think it looks
0: like him. (laughs) I think that it's that other kid who's like Proto Irving Mm. from the crowd shots. I think Uh, they just—they wouldn't have had his character design lying around. They would have just plucked a curly hair. Yeah, they would have just plucked like one of the background characters from the package of extras they had designed at the at that point. All
2: right, all Um,
0: right, there's a certain point in the show Animaniacs where they were really running out of steam, and you can just like. All of a sudden, like starring characters in a segment will be background characters that have been on the show for years, and you're just like, you guys didn't even draw like a new main character for this sketch. You were just like, forget about it. That meter maid, she's an office lady now, and so like someone who looks like a meter maid is just like now, uh, it's it's sad.
2: Um, in this episode, we get the song "He's "He's a Bully," which is a total jam with great lyrics I think.
0: Can I tell you something? This might be my favorite song we've heard so far. I I hate to dethr- really I hate to dethrone my undead mummy and me. But that it was is my favorite. I was really enjoying it before this. There's mm-hmm. not a I mean Backyard Beach is good, but it's kind of hard to sing along to. He's a bully for some reason as a child was very stuck in my head.
1: It's just it's just it's one of those songs that they have, like they just have such a wide variety of music, like this yeah. one is a full on rock song, and then we have things like Swinter, which are just
2: yeah they definitely get a nice range of genre, yeah. um I do love the line, and by shape, I don't mean a triangle. What a genius, just genius lyric this concept. morning,
0: as I rolled the trash can back from the curb for it had been picked up the night before, I was thinking about the lyric. <laughs> Uh, I was thinking about the lyric, he's big, he's dumb, he's got the IQ of gum, he has a brain about the size of a sourdough crumb. I was thinking about that because it's such a great songwriting lyric because, A, it solves the problem that they obviously encountered where they were like, well, breadcrumb is one syllable short Mm. of what we need for this lyric. So they just went, "Uh, sourdough, you could fit that in there. So he's got a brain about the size of a sourdough crumb. But for some reason, that makes it so much more memorable to me. Like, for whatever reason, as a child, I remember knowing that lyric somehow from this episode. And, like, I don't know why. It just it makes it that much more memorable. Much like how if Phineas had a regular person head, he'd be a lot less memorable. Um, And so they were like, triangle boy.
2: I, um, I really like that in that sequence we see that... I love the idea that there is just a gym for bullies that yeah. is called wedgies. And that that's just in the local mall. That is hilarious. It's a, in a hysterical... Concept and I love, it. I love seeing it's like that.
0: Curves, the gym for women. That wasn't adult and didn't need to be cut out, but the way I said it made it feel like <laughs> it did.
1: what is that from?
0: It's a real it's thing. It's a real thing. Oh Curves, the gym for women. Hi, I'm Gym for Women. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Um, I like the slow, tired Candace theme we got as she doesn't want to be walking.
0: Bum, 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 bum. her theme song we've said before sounds a lot like the wicked witch of the west and is just ring around the rosy but like i don't it it's a very versatile piece of music and speaking of theme music in this episode i think this is the first time where Schmerz has sort of his regular music that he'll have for the rest of the show
2: yeah not his we, we've been having like weird doof background music that we lose very quickly it
0: sounds like the this is a very weird way to describe it but it sounds like the stock like horror music that's in a lot of stuff. Um, I, again, this isn't going to help anybody, but in Spider-Man, the animated series, they always play this one, like scared piece of music. And it sounds just like that. It's like weird sort of wallowing trumpets, I guess. I don't know what instrument it is, but, um, it's, it's weird. And it sounds more like horror movie music than regular doof music. Um, I don't know.
2: Um, I I think Doof in this episode. W- this is another classic Doof and Schmertz oh. episode. I think because anytime we get part of the backstory, it's really iconic. And I know people remember this one of you know both it was the both of my parents failed to attend his birth. And uh, what a hysterical concept, truly.
1: That someone is so so unloved, <laughs> so <laughs> insignificant to someone else's life that you won't even show up to your own child's birth. Yeah.
2: Oh, it's not it's only is it physically impossible,
1: but its impossibility speaks to just how worthless he is. Oh dude. No, um,
2: I just love the concept that we have this like Druselstinian Chucky Chuck E cheese yeah. with um you know Olga and Chicago Joe.
1: <laughs> the lice twins, Olga and Chicago Joe.
2: What a what a duo.
1: Truly, uh, I'm sad that we don't get more from them. We do see them in the next episode. Yes, though, but I'm talking about
0: like the giant inexplicable floating baby head becomes sort of much like New York was the fifth character. Um, we find <laughs> that we find that the giant inexplicable floating baby head is like the last member of the Phineas and Ferb gang after Irving. So uh, it's sad that Olga and Chicago Joe don't didn't become make the cut. don't become like central figures.
1: I'm adding Olga and Chicago Joe to your list. No. You
0: need to keep a track of the giant explodable floating baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At any rate, um, I like this episode. It packs in a lot of stuff real quick. Uh, a lot of good a lot of good material here. So fast this episode. Like they just run from idea to idea. Yeah.
2: There's so much even like in each little section of it the fact that we get the song we get the jazz trio we get deuce backstory yeah. we, we learn what dunkelberry cake is and we see dunkelberries for the first time um just there's so much a, a point about how this is clearly for adults is definitely that he says the worst part of a party is the cleanup and
1: yeah. another reason this is for adults is they when the announcer is introducing buford he says ladies and gentlemen he's from a broken home yeah how- yeah heartbreaking his hobby also, is breaking bones his hobby is breaking bones
2: yeah
0: it's it's very much like an adult show observation about a bully to bake yeah yeah and then it just kind of like you know
2: and then Buford is on. their
0: friend after this he doesn't really ever be a bully again
2: i really just love that his nose takes up his entire face what yes. great openings from the announcer
0: it's fabulous phineas Flynn <laughs> i love that that's his name is fabulous it's a very good fake boxing name yeah. Um Buford's last name, Van Stom, very much reminds me of the Peanuts where Linus and Lucy, their last name is Van Pelt, mm. which is also like a good name for like a bully child. But, you know, Lucy doesn't hit enough people physically. She doesn't punch enough people.
2: Now do uh, we think I mean, like she's the whole like pretty aggressive She's I violent. Say. Do we
1: think the whole like Von whatever is yeah. a statement on the, the Nazis? Yeah.
0: Yeah, the Nazis. Yeah. Ooh, don't know if we can say Nazi. That's
1: okay. Yeah. We'll clack it. Clack, 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 clack. We can
2: quack, quack. say Nazi. There can we? we? It's history. We can
1: not ignore can't history. Really. It's not Santa. Come on. Um. <laughs>
2: Ugh. I don't know. Okay, I liked the disclaimer for the fight, which uh, assuming is the rule for television. Maybe what just were about saying? for children's
0: television, the non-imitatable. That is very much yeah. like the rule of thumb when it comes to kids' TV. You don't want anything a child you could cannot- imitate.
1: Landing on those pigeons, Spider Man, I swear no, to God. That was also
0: a thing when, when Fox was doing Spider Man the animated series back in the nineties, they like at the start of the show were like, please make sure you never animate Spider-Man landing on some pigeons when he, when he drops on those roofs. And then in Spectacular Spider-Man, there is actually a scene where Venom throws Spider-Man into like one of those little roof like cages and he lands on a rooftop with a bunch of pigeons and he like crashes into their little hut. And then he becomes their best friend. Wouldn't it be hilarious if Spider-Man landed in the hut and then from within the hut, he emerged being carried by a dozen pigeons? (laughs) Okay. You know, just like with his arms out, they're just like carrying him. (laughs) (inaudible)
1: Um So do you have anything who has something
0: else? <laughs> anyone else want to sing Ride of the Valkyries? <laughs> no, anyone else wanna say so something
1: other than the
2: Danny? The <laughs> the C plot maybe is what I'd call this, is that Candice is trying to get pictures of Jeremy on yeah. her phone. Hmm. And just the such real struggle of wanting to take a picture of Jeremy while he's balancing all of these hot dogs, cups yeah. and everything on him, but your phone is ninety nine percent full and you need to take the picture to bust Phineas and Verb. I felt that. And I just think it's such a cute bit that Jeremy's not actually balancing any of these things. He just has them stuck to him. Because um, he just wants his picture. It's cute. Day-day. I feel like that's where we really get the idea that he might actually yeah. like Candace. He whereas seems... otherwise, so far up to now, it's kind of seemed... Well, except for the present he gave her. He's, it, she seems a lot more into him. I like when we get to see the moments I'm, where it's clear he likes yeah, her. Yeah,
1: I'm terrified of her laugh. I, <laughs> I really, <laughs> because the episode, well, when we see the start of this like sort of five. C plot, Jeremy is just at you know the slushy dog and then the camera just zooms out a little bit and you just see candace staring at him just going <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah
2: um did you i don't know if you clocked this or if you're gonna know what i'm talking about but the bats okay the bats yeah. that like the Dunkleberry cake they are drawn obviously creepy like they don't look like regular bats they have like a face to them mm-hmm. Do do they remind you of that creepy animal from Fern Gully? Yeah, Batty. Yeah, like that's exactly what that would looks you like, like me today. now to
0: perform the entire rap that that character does because unfortunately I can do it from memory.
2: Uh no, that's okay. But uh, I just yo, want to know that batty. I thought that they looked like him. the
0: logic is erratic. Potato in a jacket, toys in the attic. I rock and I ramble. My brain is scrambled. <laughs> rap like an animal, but I'm a mammal. Pretty and then fun. it goes. Then there's the next verse, but I don't want to. Actually waste your life.
2: Um, what else we got on this one? I really, I just enjoyed this episode in general. Yeah, this um, is a
0: fantastic episode. It packs in a lot, including the sort of our emotional revelation that Jeremy might actually want to impress Candace and have his picture taken by her. Um, it's it, Think of another 11-minute cartoon that packs in an A, B, and C plot, <laughs> right? all of which have real emotional stakes, you know, like, Phineas is obviously about to be, like, beaten up by this bully in a non-imitatable way. Um, he's about to be beaten up by this bully. That's, like, an emotional investment we and have.
2: it's the first time we ever really get that from them, that, like, summer's a time where you just have to worry about bullies. And, like, yeah. they definitely never worry about bullies ever No, again. and they
0: never do it again, which I like. I yeah. like that Buford is just willing to put it aside once Phineas is publicly humiliated, which is uh, – it's a wonderfully petty of Buford to just Ain't be like – that
2: how it is, though? Yeah. You know? It is.
0: It's real. It's real. So true um, to life.
2: Aw. How about just the pure joy you get from the way that Doofenshmirtz says, Birthday cake. I love birthday cake. I wrote it like beer, like bear. Birthday cake.
0: It's beautiful. Um... um
2: um, I noticed the fl- host of Flop Stars was in the crowd that's yeah. watching. And Again, that you was just cute. got a
0: list of characters you've designed. You just I thought it was cute. I
2: don't like that while they're thumb wrestling because we're zoomed in on their fingers. You can see their fingernails, which yeah. we don't normally see. And I know why we don't normally see fingernails in cartoons. Well, it's wrong.
0: Not to be a. a we? but their thumbs are drawn differently once they put their thumbs through the little wrestling rink they're drawn the way that a cartoonist would probably you know render the human hand um as opposed to just being little sort of uh spongebob fingers which the characters usually have yeah they're closer to the way they draw like doofenshmirtz's fingers which are more rendered because he has bigger hands uh at any rate that's I guess that's all I really have to say. It's a good episode. Yeah. And, I, uh, I like that
2: we get we hear Dinner Bell on this one. I love Buford calling uh, yeah. Phineas Dinner Bell, Which I feel like he's
0: done before. Doesn't he do that in another episode? I don't know this? if we've
2: seen that yet, because we haven't really had London too much. London Beach
0: Party of Terror?
2: No, nah, I don't. I mean, he might have, but I just, I, I really know. love that nickname. I think it's cute. And I think it's cute that Phineas said, we keep moving forward, which is, you know, yeah. very Disney.
0: So. Ryan is drawing a hand with a thumb on it. Uh, with a fingernail on it, rather. And it's um. nasty. You have any um, more
2: notes on this one, Rai? Um, no. All right. So, then I guess we move to the second...
0: Well, I have to read you the quotes from oh, the episode. Sometimes
2: we do it at the end. No, we, oh, we
0: always ahead. do it after the episode's done. Come not on, man. Please be my, one, be, my,
2: be my little friend. Go ahead. Be my little friend. So tell us the quotes. I'm your
0: little congressman. He's my little congressman. All right. Um. So, for Raging Bully, we have... Uh, I have to perform it because it's not funny otherwise. <coughs> You win this round, from a boy whose head is stuck in a toilet and is drowning. Um, you see, today is my birthday. It's just the way Doof sort of gives that little. It's like wistful.
2: Yeah. My birthday.
0: Um, Struggle all you want, Perry the Platypus. In thirty to forty minutes, <laughs> the yeast will rise. It all began on the day of my birth. Both of my parents failed to show up, and the Lice Twins, Olga and Chicago Joe. He's got moves, he's got grace, his nose takes up his entire face. Why don't you let go? Doesn't it hurt your fingers? I'll take care of the whale. And those are our beloved quotes from a classic. I will say one last thing. The visual joke of just the whale bursting through the wall... When oh. Perry is stuck in the cake is so funny. Just the drawing of the whale and it's like completely wall-eyed. Do we think
1: he's an agent of sorts? I mean, he's not wearing a hat. Agent but... W, <laughs> yeah, Agent W. No, I think he's
0: a, a creature of the sea, like a natural-born citizen of re- this France. This
2: really makes me kind of question like the level of animals. But I like this idea that in this universe we have like animal whistles that work. Like we have the cow whistle, and then we have the bat whistle and the whale whistle. I I think it's good.
0: Molly, the bat whistle is something Batman has, and he does it. When he needs to hail a cab, oh. the Batmobile is in the shop. Good to know. Um, where you headed to, Mac? Um, I need you to drive me 14 miles outside of Gotham City, and then not watch where I walk into the woods because it's a very—it's spe- an entrance to a secret cave, and I shouldn't have told you that part. I should have just walked out into the woods. You know right. what? I'll get All another right. cab. Just drive. Just drive.
2: Um, ah. The next segment is Lights, Candice action. Um, this is definitely not one of my favorites. I just don't feel like there's a lot to this one. Uh the Perry I don't, I don't like it. The Perry plots, like I it's funny, but there's not much there at all. And then this one is like just focused on what Phineas and Ferb are kind of doing. There is no I'm telling mom in this one. We see mom, but there's no like she's trying to bust them. It's it's a weird one.
0: I don't like this episode very much and I didn't like it as a child because Phineas and this isn't maybe the only time Phineas and Ferb are like actively being mean to candace not like they're knowingly not knowingly they're though. not trying to hurt her but they are like ruining her dream <laughs> and it's it's actually really like sad because like yes at the end of the day the test screening would have been ruined because the teenagers are all, all got turned into old people but like theoretically what would have happened is a real movie director would have filmed the movie in i don't know more than a day and doof would have been on to his next plot so none of this would have happened. But it's just like Phineas and Ferb basically ruined Candace's like dream to be a movie star but in a version of her favorite play. But they also
2: ruin her dream to be a model. Like it's yes, kind of just do that.
0: I feel like the way they do it, like they don't actually ruin her dream to be a model. She just has to wear their clothes. And it is her own stubbornness to act as the coup de crayon. That's yeah. what ruins her chance to be uh, a model.
1: But do we think she deserves happiness? Do I think Candace deserves happiness? I think that Candace... works. I think that
0: when we see future Candace, she will have moved on. Uh, She doesn't actually when we meet future Candace. But I think that theoretically she has moved on and found happiness knowing that she will never bust Phineas and Ferb um, and sort of coming to accept that, as we all accept the little inevitabilities of life. But I think that currently Candace can't be happy because of herself. And I think that if she just got with the program... Like Isabella and Buford and Baljeet do, like if she just you know went along with it, she'd be fine. But instead, she's trying to ruin other people's happiness. She wants to stymie her brother's creativity, and for that, um, the God or not God punishes her.
1: <laughs> <laughs> do we think it's just like kind of a karma system? Because I think we do see that at play.
0: Do we think maybe Dan Pavenmeyer and Swampy Marsh are the gods of this universe, and they watch down uh, Yeah, the Danny I mean, wow.
1: they're, they're the god. They're the gods of. Of our universe. They're Jack That's Kirby's true. The New Gods. No, they've, they've, they're have they've <laughs> new.
2: <laughs> um, At any rate. And this one I thought it was interesting. We hear that Candace is in some kind of drama club, which yeah. we'll just never hear about again. Yeah. Um, we also hear the word serendipitous again.
0: I love serendipity. Yeah. Great movie. Um, where a man touches someone's chewed bubble gum on the bottom of a bench. And we're supposed to think it's like, whoa, deep. That's like it's the girl's I've
2: never heard the word serendipitous really much of anywhere else. And, and this it's is something,
0: two in a row. And that makes a little kid go ask their parents, what's serendipitous? And then and the then parent lo- tells lo- their child, uh, I told you not to be watching TV. That's black magic. And then they
1: lock uh, him in a closet.
2: So Candace is trying to be in The Princess Sensibilities, her favorite movie. And we meet this producer who like, I don't know about you. But, like, He kind of reminds me of Swampy for some reason. There's something about him.
0: He doesn't remind me of Swampy, but that's interesting. I think just you... in
2: look, maybe. I, I don't know. I just got a little bit of a Swampy Maybe you guy. don't have a
0: clear visual of Swampy because he doesn't. I don't know. Whatever. I'm not going to. Listen, all I'm going to say is that Swampy looks like the drummer from uh, Love Handle because that's a drawing of him. I mean, much kind like, of. Much like how Dan Povenmire looked like uh, the, the guitar player from, from Love Handle.
2: I guess I'm thinking of like Swampy now and not Swampy. Current day Swampy? Ryan's now drawing
0: a hand with 10 fingers. (laughs) And it's pretty nasty. It's like if Gravity Falls never gave up. Oh, it's a menorah now. He's putting little fire on top of each of the fingers. And uh, who knows how long that oil will last? I'd like
2: to be clear. I don't think I think he matches Swampy's energy, but no, me. yeah, just Swampy's not physically about him. Just remind me of Swampy. I
0: mean, to be fair, for a movie producer, yes, he's doing it for financial reasons, but he is just willing to like let these children live out their dream for a day.
2: He is. He is. Anyway. Anyway, um, I think for the rest of my life, I will always be able to hear the exact way she says to think.
0: <laughs> to dream, whether There's it is nobler to, to love,
2: I know, know not.
0: not. It's a very I hear the delivery. way she
2: says not like constantly in my head.
0: It's the same way she says, mom, not. Nah. By the way, um, real quick, Ashley Tisdale is.
1: I'm in love with you.
0: <laughs> yeah, Ashley Tisdale is one of the greatest voice she actors that ever lived. Truly
1: she truly is. She could she do the Candace voice so on a date and get away with it. Incredibly talented. She's
0: really incredible as a voice Just actor all around. Which is so weird because she's like you know you assume that she's in this because she was like a Disney Channel star at the time, and that when Disney asked them to cast voices, they were probably like, "Hey, we got a bunch of actors you can use." That seems to happen a lot with Disney cartoons with the probably the big exception being something like Gravity Falls. Like, you know, Fish Hooks had Kyle Massey in it. And, um, you mm-hmm. know, it just seems like it happens a lot. And even Milo Murphy's Law, the show after this, they had Sabrina Carpenter yeah. in it. Um, Weird Al, famous Disney Channel star. <laughs> <laughs> famous <laughs> Disney Channel star Weird Al. Uh, he's also a very good voice actor. But, like, Ashley Disdale is a an incredible voice actor. Should have won an Emmy for this. I don't know if she was ever nominated. But, like... I hope she wins something for the movie because I assume it's going to have a lot of Candace. She's the title character in the new movie. What like, if there was
1: no Candace? What if Candace what if was
0: complete... get I feel like now.
2: Candace Against the Universe could have just been the name of the show. Like, that's really what it feels like to me.
0: People always talk about, like, when you're an adult and you watch SpongeBob, you relate to Squidward. Yeah. Squidward is a little meaner to SpongeBob and kind of gloats in his failure more than Candace does to Phineas and Ferb, partly because she never wins. But, like, even as a child... I have always felt worse for Candace than I have for the, the coyote that could never catch the Roadrunner. Yeah. I have felt worse for Candace than the fact that like Tom the cat could never catch Jerry the mouse. Like she is of any cartoon quote unquote antagonist and she's not really a villain. She just is the opposing force. Like
1: do you think she's an antihero?
0: I think Candace might be like Walter White from Breaking Bad level mm. anti. hero
2: you said anti. She's Tony anti- Soprano, and I immediately pictured her as the Danger. <laughs> the da- <laughs> You're Your <an> henchman, hench. <laughs> <laughs> danger. <laughs> Do you um have any notes, Ryan?
1: Absolutely no notes. None for, for her this? performance. Oh, oh, um, no, <laughs> actually, Tisdale's great. Saying that, um. One, well, I, speaking of Ashley Tisdale still, I find it hilarious at the end once Ferb is editing, yeah. just the still photo of Ashley Tisdale. That's a very good line, joke. It. It's an amazing joke.
2: It's, again, an example of us using these photos in the early Phineas and Ferb yeah. episodes that we don't really see in later ones. They really,
0: because yes. I don't think they do it even once on Mylon Murphy's also, Law. There's, like, no mixed yeah, media towards Also, the
1: even breaking, the, I guess, breaking the fourth wall a little bit, referencing yeah. that, you know... Ashley Tisdale is, of course, the voice of Candace. There's also no song in this episode. No, no, maybe no that's song. why it's a weaker one. Maybe that's why I, I do, absolutely despise it. No. Just going off a
2: photo with Ashley Tisdale. I love the photo choice. It's such yeah. a like glam, like Teen Beat magazine poster picture of her, and I think that that is pretty great. Um, but yeah, no, the no song definitely weak. Um, I love the. Doof evilly milking the cow. I think that was the highlight <laughs> that of the episode. That is the funniest
0: joke in this episode. Doof is describing, he talks about how he has a an old uh, Doofenshmirtz family recipe for cheese and then it just cuts to him Laughing on the floor, legs spread wide, just giggling to himself as he milks a cow over a, a boiling cauldron. <laughs> it's the funniest visual in the episode, and it is so quick. And oh, it's great! I, it, it.
2: I wish it was longer. I would yeah. watch that on a loop. I
0: think old Doof and old Perry is a good, quick bit that quick they do.
2: But I really like the jokes in the Perry Doof bit. Like, yeah, but it them, needs... it's so creepy how they look ol- old. It it really disturbs me. Old Doof me. looks
0: like something. He, he
2: does, he, and I've been trying to figure he it out. He kind of looks
0: like like if you ever saw like those far side comic strips he looks like he's from one of those but it's that's not quite
2: that's not what i'm thinking of there's something so specific if you know what old doof looks like tweet us and tell me because yeah. i know it looks very much like something specific and i can't quite put my finger on it at
0: candice party pod on yeah. instagram and twitter uh, you can even shoot us an email it's all in the description the ways to find us please um, we are begging you Tell so, us what old doof looks like cuz we can't get it out of our head. And the old doof from this episode. We've seen uh, old doof just other can't times.
2: Get you, um,
0: At any rate, I don't um, have any more notes for this, I, I guess. I do have some. Oh. Um
2: I, again, we have the return of Olga and Chicago Chicago, Chicago yes. Joe, which is just like it reminded me of in the last episode how we had the Lindana music in the first one and then we have the song in the next one. Yeah. It feels like there's some jokes tied. Yeah. Um I love Isabella in this as Phineas and Ferb's agent. I think she's yeah. just absolutely adorable um what i don't like about this one is this is again where like one where we don't really see what phineas and ferb are doing before they do it we don't get like a hey ferb i know what we're gonna do today like we don't have that it's just like we suddenly the plots happen to intersect because we're following candace that being said though i do like how the b plot eventually intersects with like what phineas and ferb are doing the fact that that's why the movie fails like i think that that's cute that they use the old age innator, whatever it's called, the age accelerator innator. And the concept that Perry could possibly have been wearing an age accelerator innator proof <laughs> suit is yeah, genius. And the fact very... that Doof, again, we have Doof ripping his clothes off, um, and only to reveal his disgusting old body.
1: Hey, um, I don't his care for you. Disgusting old decree rapid, vile body I don't, that no one should ever
0: dare to I really see. don't care for you guys body shaming Doof, because honestly, I, I look like Doof without a shirt on. That when I go to, when I roll down to the beach, I look exactly like that. I'm as wrinkly and as, as hairy. Look
1: like? He
0: like really he looks, really like, looks someone. like someone. Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> No. I wish Emperor Palpatine talked like old Duke. Just the old he does a very good old man yeah. voice. Very the Vladimir, you yeah. you really let yourself go.
2: <laughs> As if he didn't Actually, well, kind yeah. of he, that's the, the, the joke. has um, never been well. Yeah. We also saw Candace's ear in this one when her hair is like all messed up and it's blowing back, which yeah. I was like, I, don't, I definitely don't usually see your ear. It's weird that you have them. Like, it doesn't really feel like she should.
0: Candace, stop having ears.
2: Um, That's pretty much, I think, most of my notes. I do think that Phineas and Ferb in this one, compared to especially the later episodes, but even some of the ones we've recently seen – really seem like little kids kind of like in the mummy one like they don't seem at the same level that they do in later ones like yeah
0: because in a later episode i feel like they would somehow win an oscar for best picture yeah um like that would be like the sort of how crazy good they are at everything but in this
2: (laughs) at any rate i think that they i don't know i just think that their their complexity, their obviously their project's complexity, but yeah, I just even think like the plot surrounding them grows. Like we don't really get much from Phineas and Ferb in these early episodes.
0: Yeah, I just feel like they as characters, like this is a very little kid way to make a movie. Yeah, and them believing that a mummy could still be alive is very little kid. Yeah. I feel like we don't have a lot of that going forward. I feel like it becomes more of a character trait that Phineas is very optimistic. Like that becomes who he is, is that he just refuses to accept negativity in any way. And his brain stops working if something bad is happening, like he can't handle it, like when he's on that island and he's digging in the sand and he picks up a sponge and a starfish. Uh, Like I do love that you know that becomes more who he is he it, and it's it's more of a Walt Disney type optimism than it is a little kids belief in in the world being good <laughs> you know uh yeah. it's just a difference of of who he is yeah I, but again i get so angry at the, like this one is frustrating to watch because it's like it's like, why should Candace, like, she didn't do anything wrong in this one. Like, she no. does, she is slightly derogatory towards their filmmaking, and she calls it their little movies, but, yeah. like, she doesn't, like, knock over their set. She doesn't, like, she, just stop she doesn't their break thing. their camera or something. She's just, like, your little movies.
2: Well, she, like, no, she steps on it when she walks Does in. she?
0: But okay, don't they, they use that they footage of end her? up using that. Okay, then maybe she deserves it. I take I it all back. Just...
2: I don't know. I, I, do, I will say this, though, about Phineas and Ferb in this one. I really appreciate their uh, use of practical effects yes. as opposed to
0: CGI. CGI. Phineas and Ferb <laughs> love traditional media. They're um, big fans. I d- Real quick, um, I do have the quotes for this one. Oh, yes. If you guys want to do that. Go ahead. So I have, of course, to think, to dream. Let's all do it in unison, everybody. To, to,
1: think, to think, to dream, dream. whether, whether it is nobler, nobler to, love, to love,
0: I know not. Good job, everyone. Uh, I have the Space Armada from Planet Plumbing Supplies, which is when they just start pelting Candace with disconnected toilets. Barry the Platypus, you ate all the cheese? Which Which is is... accompanied by the beautiful visual of Perry having eaten (laughs) all the cheese and being so guilty. I love that Perry is sweating with guilt. (laughs) Well, if you ate all that much, if you ate all that cheese, you'd be sweating instantly too. I love
2: it. I love that we again. I love when we see the yes, the emotions from Perry are my favorite. the The panic. It's just like the panic he kind of has when Linda might see him. It's a great. It's a
1: little bit of panic, and it's also the fact that he would eat the cheese like he wants it. Like he's so. Warns him. Like does warn him. And then Doof says something very interesting. He was like, this machine was only for cheese making purposes. But now because you did this, I have to use it for evil.
0: Yeah, it's that's the next quote I have, which is I created this for peaceful cheese loving purposes. But now you force me to wield it in anger. (laughs) It's such it's beautiful. I love him. Anyway, it's
2: great. So is this all Perry's fault then? Because if he hadn't eaten the cheese, maybe
0: Perry destroyed Candace's dream.
2: Maybe Maybe that's where the animosity. Yeah, we don't know. Maybe. You know what?
0: I will say Maybe. people were loving that movie. Maybe Phineas and Ferb were going to achieve yeah. Candace's dream, and it's Perry's fault. my anger is misdirected. Um, and then my last quote is from Old Doofenshmirtz. He goes, "Well, it's four thirty. I think I'll go to bed." <laughs> <laughs> Which is That's so he's so cute, and he just waddles off to bed. I assume that all of his innators must be time sensitive because everything wears off, of course. Yeah. Just like in the general SpongeBob way that Bikini I, Bottom will be destroyed at the end of one and it'll be fine the next episode. I Like, that's the logic Phineas and Ferb works on, but there is a running storyline here. So, in-universe, these must all wear off over time. I
2: do hope they do because, well, one, I'm concerned about what happened to that child that got flung off the seesaw. Yes. What happened to her? Doof and George then that took a human childhood. baby yes. that got turned into a full-grown man. Duv
0: turned a baby into a 50 something year old man, because it ages the cheese ahead 58 years, I think he says. 58 and a half. 58 and a half years. So he turned a ba- he took a baby's like entire youth away. He turned a baby into a middle aged man, I mean, later late middle age. So, you know, Doof is a monster. <laughs> Doof, Doof, listen, much like in the musical Les Mis, he took his childhood in his stride and he was gone when autumn came.
2: Amen to that. Oh. I love it. Because summer only
0: lasts, lasts 104 days. <laughs> Go on.
2: The only side character that uh, we're keeping track of that was in this last one is just Isabella, just yeah, for the record. Yeah, as the manager. And, um, well, the mom is there. Well, we're not keeping track of mom. We're not keeping track of mom? No. mom's too All of essential. a sudden, mom's not
0: important enough.
2: Wow. Mom's too important. Just like I'm not keeping track of Phineas and Verb. And okay. you're saying
0: this on Mother's Day. Mother's Day was like two months
2: anyway. ago. Anybody got anything else? Um,
1: No. I love Anne Hathaway and Ashley Tisdale and Ruth Bader Ginsburg and
2: um Friends
1: um do you like friends yes but you love but avatar I, the last airbender i do that show courses through my veins mm. there's no blood
2: please follow us on twitter or instagram again it's at candice party pod
1: on twitter and um, instagram
2: and subscribe rate us leave us a review
1: but um, only if it's good if it's bad i will cry and i i won't recover i won't
2: oh i'm sorry You could you could tell us whatever you want. Um, Yeah, tell me you hate
1: me, please.
2: Don't forget hashtag thrive off of your hatred.
1: Hold me, kiss me. Hashtag egot for Laura. This is our this is our campaign to get an egot for either Laura Dickinson or Laura Dern or both, preferably. Listen, if there's a problematic
0: Laura that shouldn't have an egot, it's not for them. It's just for it's for Dern or Dickinson, and we've made this very clear. Um, yeah. Follow us. Uh, This has been the Candice Party Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you've had a good time, partners.
1: (laughs) Should we want to do a whole Western theme? No. In the mall. Up and down the escalators. In In the mall. I got a hungry for for potatoes. potatoes. In the mall. In the mall. Uh, uh, let's yeah. all
0: quit. Party. We're talking I to the N to the T I M A T E get together. What? I to the N to the T I M A T E get together. That's right. It's not a party.